Holy God, be near to us as we attempt to walk this road of life. Draw near to us as we yearn to be known by you. Amen. Well, good morning, all saints. Let me begin first by saying how good it is to be back with you all. I am so grateful to you all for the love. I am, I am so grateful for the love that you all have poured out to me and my family during our time of hardship, um, and we are grateful, my wife and I are so grateful for you all choosing to love us as we seek to love you all, so thank you. So the sermon. <laughs> if St. Paul's, if he had a social media account, here's what it would look like. We'd see pictures of him on a yacht, vacationing on the sea, doing a little fishing. Of course, he'd catch really big fish, and not for eating, just for the sport of it. And those shipwrecks that almost kill him, well, those pictures, they would be cropped and, fit and filtered just so that it would look like he was on a white water rafting expedition. If we were to keep scrolling through, there would be a picture of him, no doubt, in prison bars. It, but it would be carefully oriented so that we wouldn't be able to tell that he wasn't the visitor instead of the one being visited. And knowing Paul, he would have a ton of selfies. Seriously, he would have tons of selfies with all of these leaders, these great leaders of his day who would be standing with him. And he would have pictures of him standing in front of great crowds, looking all professorial and dignified. And then somewhere buried down deep in those posts, there would be, of course, his coming out story. The telling of his conversion. That picture would have Paul with a Jesus fish filter over it. <laughs> noting that he changed his name from Saul to Paul and that there had been a shift in his affiliation status, he would now be on Team Jesus. But today's post, the one that we read about today in 2 Corinthians, it looks a lot different than the carefully filtered and curated post of the days before. Today we hear Paul talking about his weaknesses, Today we hear and read about a Paul who is, who is struggling. This time the picture of him is one where he is doubled over and grief-stricken, broken, weak, imperfect. Now earlier this week, a friend of mine on Facebook named Caitlin Curtis, uh, she's a, a local Native American and Christian mystic who's an author, and she posted a picture on her Facebook wall of her dirty kitchen. I mean, like, dirty kitchen. And it was accompanied with the following notice. You should know a few things about me, Caitlin says. I have an imperfect home. 
There is paint peeling where it shouldn't be and raw carrots sitting on dirty dishes. There are messes I never get to. Caitlin goes on to say, also, I have an imperfect body. I have stretch marks and scars that will never go away, but will always remind me of what I've been through. I have an imperfect marriage, one in which we love and fail at loving and then try again because we don't want to do any of this alone. We are imperfect parents, she says. Imperfect parents who try to hold grace for ourselves as we raise our kids to fight for the vulnerable in their midst. And I have an imperfect soul, but I'm trying to take care of the best I can. And then Kate concludes with this. I hope you love your imperfections, even when they hurt you. We will get through this only together. You see, my friends, despite how 2 Corinthians reads, Paul doesn't have the market cornered on suffering and imperfection. He's not the only one plagued with a a metaphorical thorn in his side. The thorn that plagues him is the same thorn that plagued his colleagues and friends, and it's the same thorn that plagues Caitlin and you and me. That thorn... It's called imperfection. It's called vulnerability and frailty. Some would say it's simply called being human. Now, an older preacher that I know back in South Carolina told me that if I was ever going to say something that would make people uncomfortable, I should just talk about myself. They say, you know, use I language. So let me just say, I, I am intimately familiar with dirty kitchens and missed appointments. Despite my own social media presence, despite my identity as clergy, I have known suffering and sin and brokenness. And like Paul, at times it has felt like I was the only one living with thorns stuck deep in my side. But today's gospel lesson It makes it clear to me that Paul and I aren't the only ones who've experienced hurt. Jesus gets a dose of it, too. That fully side of Christ knows the pain of rejection. No matter how poetically it might sound, the Gospel of Mark makes it clear that Jesus has a true experience of rejection. He gets rejected by the people from whom he comes, people who he undoubtedly expected would love and receive him. But no, Jesus gets rejected and it hurts. Just a word to my gay and lesbian, trans and gender variant friends. We don't have a lock on experiencing rejection. Sure, our stories of parents rejecting us and churches condemning us to hell have been sensationalized and turned into commercials and movies. But let me be clear, so many of our straight brothers and sisters in Christ have their own stories of not receiving the unconditional love that we all deserve. Too many of us, regardless of our orientation or gender expression, know the pain of being misunderstood, 
discounted, abused, and dismissed. And so today, I stand here to say to you all, I see you. Perhaps more importantly, God sees you. God sees you through whatever brand of clothes you're wearing. God sees you through the perfectly applied makeup and the filtered Instagram posts. God sees you in that secret place where your anger spills over and you say words intended to hurt others because you are at your wit's end. God sees you. God sees the silent tears and God hears the quiet sighs. God's response to all of that is a pouring out of grace. My friends, Paul tells us God's grace is sufficient. That's what he concludes in the face of his own weaknesses. In the face of realizing that in comparison to God, Paul was just a weak, small human being, he realizes that in the midst of his suffering, he recognizes that God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. I I imagine that over the years that Paul began to say it something like a mantra. No doubt he he whispered it at times when he was in prison. God's grace is sufficient. When Paul found himself in another shipwreck cuz he kept getting into him. I can hear him screaming out, God's grace is sufficient as his boat crashed and sent him on another white water rafting expedition. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. I'm sure he sputtered it in sobs as he sat next to a dying loved one. I know that he cried out, God's grace is sufficient when his friends rejected him. God's grace is sufficient. He had to say it over and over again as he wrestled with that thorn called humanness in his side. Friends, may that be our mantra. May that be our mantra in the face of our own challenges and struggles. May that be our source of comfort in times when, in fact, it is only God's grace that can comfort us. You see, that's what faith is about. The belief that despite our great frailty and deep brokenness, despite our inability to see beyond our own noses at times, God's grace, God's love for us is big enough, sufficient enough to enfold us and receive each and every one of us. God's grace, God's choosing To love us is enough. Now, perhaps the mantra of God's grace is sufficient doesn't quite rhyme enough with you, or maybe you just need a good old southernism to hold on to. So my grandmama would say, she would say to me, child, God's going to love you anyhow. So friends, God's going to love you anyhow. Broken and disabused, stretch marks and scars, dirty kitchens and dirty cars, God's going to love you anyhow. Struggling in your relationships, God's going to love you anyhow. Feeling doubt 
and unmoored in your faith journey, angry, rejected, depressed, and despondent, God's going to love you anyhow, lost, bitter, broken, weary. It doesn't matter because God's going to love you anyhow. You got a thorn in your side or a beam in your eye, or maybe it's just a chip on your shoulder, God's going to love you anyhow. And maybe you're sitting here saying, Kim, my life is smooth sailing. Well, that's great. Rock on and know that God's going to love you (laughs) anyhow. Why? Because that's just who God is. God loves us regardless. We can't earn it, and we can't lose it. We can't buy it, we can't work for it, and we need not beg for it. God's grace is just here, always. And there's always enough for you, for me, and for all of us. Dear friends, God's grace is sufficient. And if you're looking around at the brokenness in your life or in this world and you're just not feeling that message right now, don't worry, it's no problem. Because God's going to love us anyhow. Amen.